Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. Dr. Mario exists in kind of a weird place among all the different Mario spin-offs. Well, first of all, let's just ignore Donkey Kong Country and the Yoshi games and Wario Land and WarioWare. Let's focus purely on the ones that still heavily feature the adult Mario cast. Out of all the Mario spin-offs, I'd say Mario Kart is easily the biggest. There's one for every console. They're all some of the biggest sellers for each Nintendo system outside of Super Smash Bros. or Pokemon or whatever the hot new Mario or Zelda might be. You don't get people lining up for Mario Golf the same way you do for Mario Kart. After that, I'd say the most visible spin-offs are probably the Mario Party games, followed closely by the Mario Sports games, primarily tennis and golf. After that, I'd say that's where you would find the Mario RPGs, which aren't widely recognized, but certainly have their dedicated fans. And with the people who do like those games... They usually like them enough to call them some of their all-time favorites, myself included. And somewhere in the sea of Mario spin-offs, there is Dr. Mario. Back in the 80s, Nintendo threw down a game that combined Mario and Tetris, and also turned the concept on its head while they were at it. And that's how he got Dr. Mario. Instead of his usual plumber self, Mario, now a doctor... Yeah. Who would have guessed Dr. Mario is about Mario as a doctor? He drops colorful pills into a bottle, and the point of the game is kind of like... Well, I said it's like Tetris. You need to drop them into the bottle and position the pills to touch enough viruses in the bottle. The viruses are the little monsters who come in three colors, red, blue, yellow, and they occupy a single space each. Pills occupy two spaces each, and they can be any combination of the colors, including two of the same color. If a virus is part of a chain of at least four spaces of the same color, then it dies. Or two or three... Anywhere between three and four, I think. I didn't actually play the original one, because I wasn't around in the 80s and our NES was broken. The point of the levels is to clear all the viruses. Easy enough. The concept of Mario randomly getting his medical license and throwing random pills into a bottle like a bored pharmacy technician wasn't weird enough for you. There's the fact that, of all characters, Dr. Mario has been made part of the Super Smash Bros. series, distinct from the main Mario, or Mario Prime if you'd prefer. In Super Smash Bros. Melee, out of the cast of 25 characters, one of them is just Mario, but as a doctor. Melee was a bit rushed, and it arguably has the highest concentration of moveset clones in the series. I know Ultimate has the Echo Fighters, but some of them are kind of subtly different, and even in Melee, the ones who aren't outright clones still have a lot more similarities than they do nowadays. So it's a little hard to say. Melee has all these clones because they wanted to squeeze in more fighters. I'm surprised that they didn't just spring for a Metal Mario or something, because the point of Dr. Mario is that he's slower and heavier and hits harder. But no, instead of Metal Mario, 
everyone can be metal if they use the proper power-up. No, the slow, heavy Mario is Dr. Mario. And Sakurai has never forgotten about Dr. Mario either. If you've kept up with Brawl's development, you may have heard of the Forbidden Seven, which is believed to be characters intended for the game, but then never quite made it in time for Brawl's release, among them being most of the Melee veterans. Mewtwo, Roy, Dr. Mario... Pichu, notably, wasn't included on this, and I don't believe Young Link was either, but there was a Toon Zelda and a Toon Sheik, and possibly Dixie Kong. And then a thing called Pry Moo or something, which some people thought would be Plusle and Minun, but I think that was debunked. No one's entirely sure what the Forbidden Seven was to the most recent of my memory, but what I'm trying to say is Dr. Mario, even though he missed a Smash Brothers game, he almost didn't. And I think the fact that he came back in Super Smash Brothers for Wii U and 3DS just goes to show that, yeah, he still has a place here. He has the distinct honor of being the first character to sit out of a Smash Brothers game and then come back to a future one before Mewtwo and Roy made it look cool. And arguably Lucas. And then a lot of the people in Ultimate. At first, I thought Smash Brothers was the big reason that Dr. Mario is still relevant today, and it might still have a role to play in that. But in researching for this episode, I noticed that Dr. Mario has made an appearance on every major Nintendo console so far, in one form or another. It's even one of the 30 games on the NES Classic console. Granted, most of these are eShop titles, or they're just, oh hey, Dr. Mario was ported onto this puzzle compilation. So while Dr. Mario has a good attendance record, it's never been a very visible brand. Kind of like that Wayne's World comparison to Star Trek. The newer Dr. Mario games are superior than the original in many ways, but never quite as recognized. So I just made a comparison to a comparison. Moving on. We're at the point where the Switch is currently the only major Nintendo console to lack Dr. Mario, outside of a cameo of his outfit in Mario Odyssey, or the fighter in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm sure it's just a matter of time, though. And even if we don't get Dr. Mario on Switch, we have him on our phones! Dr. Mario hit the NES and the original Game Boy. The Game Boy version of the game could not run in color, so they had to take some liberties with how red, blue, and yellow were presented. Red was replaced with uh, darkness... Yellow was replaced with just leaving the brightness, and blue was replaced with some kind of dithering effect. And this didn't hurt the game too badly, especially not the gameplay, but the Game Boy didn't have a backlight, if you might recall. And this was a very precise game about color in a game that didn't have any color, so you really had to focus on details. So if you weren't playing in an ideal environment, it could mess with you a little bit. Then the Super Nintendo saw the release of a game called Tetris and Dr. Mario, which is a compilation game. The first true sequel to Dr. Mario would be Dr. Mario 64, and no points for guessing what console had the honor of hosting that one. 
Incidentally, this game featured characters who were otherwise exclusive to Wario's games. I think it was Wario Land 3, actually. Yoshi borrows heavily from the Mario games to the point where I almost don't want to think of it as a spin-off. Donkey Kong brings a lot of his own characters over for the Mario spin-offs. You've got a lot of the Kongs in some of the Mario Kart games and baseball and all that. But Wario has always been the outlier. He's been the Mario spin-off that kept to himself. So the presence of Wario Land characters in this Dr. Mario game is a pretty unique situation. In Japan, and only Japan, Dr. Mario 64 was included alongside Yoshi's Cookie and Panel de Pan for a compilation called Nintendo Puzzle Collection. And aside from possibly Kirby's Avalanche, I'd say these are the three puzzle games I associate with Nintendo the most. Though I might have gone for the original Dr. Mario instead of 64. Dr. Mario and Puzzle League was another compilation pairing Dr. Mario with a different puzzle game. It was for the Game Boy Advance. Our third proper Dr. Mario title would be Dr. Mario Online RX, which was available for WiiWare. If you never bought it on the Nintendo Wii's eShop, then you're out of luck, because that was the only way to play it, and the Wii Shop is dead. But... Given how few people talk about that title, I think it's fair to assume we didn't miss much. Dr. Mario Express is the next title, released on DSiWare, or Nintendo DSi, or something like that, which I take to mean that it's reasonably difficult to come by these days. It's a lot like Dr. Mario Online RX, but without the multiplayer mode or the Virus Buster game, which were both introduced in Online RX. The only real standout about this one... The only real standout thing I can say about this one is that the PAL in Japanese titles are really silly. The game is called Just a Little Dr. Mario. Really weird combination of words. It reminds me of Yoshi Topsy-Turvy for Game Boy, which in all the other English-speaking regions was titled Yoshi's Universal Gravitation. Yeah, that's that's a real fun title for your whimsy, cartoony dinosaur game. You sure that's a title and not some secret plan to expand the young children's vocabularies early on? I mean, I'm okay with that, but Still, it's really weird. Also, the DSi shop description for Dr. Mario Express is much more in-depth for the European stores than the American stores. They just really had a lot more fun all around with this game in the other regions. During the year of Luigi in 2013, the Nintendo Wii U eShop began to sell Dr. Luigi... If you miss Dr. Mario Online RX, you can play it again, but with Luigi at the wheel. Other than that, it introduces an Operation L mode, where the pills are L-shaped and affected by gravity in different ways, and some ugly new virus designs are there. The next game was Dr. Mario Miracle Cure in 2015 for 3DS, which holds the sad position of being the final Mario game to have Satoru Iwata as the executive producer. There are three modes. Dr. Mario, classic gameplay. Dr. Luigi, which is just Operation L. 
and Virus Buster from Online RX. Other than that, the Dr. Mario mode has a Miracle Cure feature, hence the title, which you get by filling out a gauge beside the bottle, and achieving the Miracle Cure can have a number of effects on gameplay. And it's worth noting you can turn the Miracle Cure off if you'd rather avoid it. And also there's online multiplayer. Finally, just last month, we saw the release of Dr. Mario World, the new Dr. Mario app, and the second Mario app after Super Mario Run. Ever since Dr. Mario Online RX, the whole series has generally been in Nintendo's side domain of eShop exclusivity, so the App Store doesn't seem like a weird place to put Dr. Mario. It's a natural progression of their approach. And Dr. Mario is a good fit, very puzzle-based, very gimmicky. It's also pretty fair from what I've played. Use the phone's touchscreen to drag pills upward instead of dropping them down. And instead of a time limit and unlimited pills, you have a pill limit and unlimited time. The game also introduces green, purple, pink, and light blue viruses to run around alongside the original three. Before now, we only had Dr. Mario and Dr. Luigi and... Wario that one time, but now everyone gets their doctorate. Say hello to Dr. Peach and Dr. Bowser. Peach used to appear in the manuals as a nurse, I think, but now she has her degree. And so does Bowser, I guess. After a few stages in Dr. Mario World, Peach and Bowser don the coats and start throwing pills at viruses because they're annoying enough to make everyone want to work together. The different doctor characters all have their own unique skills that they can use that affect gameplay, like instantly clearing out two rows, instantly clearing out a column, or just one row, or just different things like that. And I think in the versus mode, which you can do with other players, their abilities are slightly different. I don't know that for sure, though. It's very easy to find out, though. The game is free, and just play ten stages. You can get Peach and Bowser for free. And the game has in-game currency, so I wouldn't be surprised if you just buy at least one character with relative ease without having to spend real money. So if you want to give this game a look for yourself, it's pretty easy to do. Besides the Doctor characters, you also have assistants, which mostly consist of the generic Mario enemies, and there are a lot. Not all of them are here, but a good amount of them, some I wouldn't even expect, like the crows from New Super Mario Bros. for DS. How many people remember those? Uh, with the existence of a versus mode, I can already imagine some tier lists being made, people scrambling to find the top-tier Dr. Mario character. Staying on the characters for a while, it's not just Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Bowser. We have Dr. Yoshi, Dr. Toad, Dr. Toadette, Dr. Bowser Jr., Dr. Wendy Koopa, and Dr. Ludwig von Koopa. And there are going to be more doctors added down the line, like the Kongs and Wario and Waluigi, and blasphemously enough, the babies. Not only do we have baby Mario characters to pad out the Mario Kart roster, now they're padding out the Dr. Mario apps roster. I'm sure there are no shortage of jokes about babies getting their medical licenses. I'm just waiting for Dr. Piranha Plant myself. Come on, we've got a Piranha Plant in Smash Bros. Ultimate. We've got the Fire Piranha Plant in Mario Tennis Aces. It's time we get Dr. Piranha Plant onto our phones. Let's do it.
Come on, Nintendo. I'm waiting. The game does feature microtransactions and gachapon elements because, of course, it, it's a mobile game after all. It kind of comes with the territory, I, as I understand it. While I didn't play too much of the game, I didn't really get that far into the double-digit stages. I unlocked Peach and Bowser and then played for a little while, and then I thought, okay, I figure out what this game is like. So what? What? watch me turn out to be completely wrong about what the game is like, because there's some detail that slipped my mind. Anyway, I played enough that I felt like I knew what was going on, and I could enjoy the game very easily without having to go into the shop. A lot of critics were vocally negative about the free-to-play microtransaction elements, stuff like that, but most of them seemed to agree that the gameplay is at least fine, and some would say that the multiplayer is where the game is going to shine the most. I'm not on the mobile scene very often, so I can't say for sure. This is the second mobile game I've ever played. The first one was Fire Emblem Heroes, and if you go back and listen to that episode, I'm very open about the fact that I only played it for a short time and then got bored with it. Today's favorite songs will go a little differently. The series has four main songs, Fever, Chill, Cough, and Sneeze. The latter two have been in the series since 64, while the former two are from the original. And between the two, Fever is the one that more people remember, thanks in no small part to being in every Smash Brothers game since Melee. I kind of don't like Fever anymore due to overexposure. And kind of related, but perhaps petty of me, is that I remember I watched a Game Grumps video one time and Ego Raptor was playing Dr. Mario with some of the others and he kept throwing a tantrum over the background music not being Fever. Is that- I want to listen to Fever! Fever! Or something like that. that. That could just be my weird brain misremembering it. But I, I just think Chill is a more interesting and complex song anyway and a better fit for a precision puzzle game like this. Cough is pretty good, but not as cool and memorable as Chill for me. Sneeze sounds like something out of Kirby 64, so that was an interesting feeling. But Dr. Mario 64 was composed by Seichi Tokunaga, while 64 was Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa, so it's all a coincidence. And it's worth mentioning, I listened to the original versions of these themes for comparison's sake. NES for Fever and Chill, 64 for Cough and Sneeze. I guess I would rank Fever, Cough, Sneeze, and Chill as my least to most favorite songs. I did listen to the version of Chill that is introduced in Dr. Mario World, and I thought it was pretty good. But I didn't listen to it very long. I guess I could also mention that in one of the games, I'm not sure which one, you can briefly hear a few notes from The Flea Waltz which is a song I can't ever dissociate from Danganronpa V3 now, so that's a specifically uncomfortable reminder. Unrelated to the games, Dr. Mario is always one of my favorite characters to play in Super Smash Bros. In Melee, he was one of the first characters I would call a main, and I just thought the Doctor costume looked cool on him, and Doctor is one of those words that I think just sounds cool and enhances any name. Looking back, I also think it's funny that out of all these characters, one of them is just main character, but now they're a doctor. 
That's a little joke I've always wanted to try if I ever make a video game of my own. Oh, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII today, and we've got Dr. Cloud in the party. And he's a lot like Cloud, but he gets a lab coat, and his sword is a giant lollipop. Imagine if they did that. Imagine if Square actually had the nerve to give you a Dr. Cloud. You know what? He's a doctor. He can heal you. There we go. Aerith has been replaced now that she's dead. I was stunned that they actually brought Dr. Mario back in Smash Brothers 4, and less impressed with Ultimate, since the whole point was bringing everyone back. But still, it was really neat to see. Also, writing this episode finally inspired me to play through Dr. Mario's classic mode in Ultimate, and it was decently challenging. All his non-boss fights are against a team of three characters who are all color-coded off the viruses. A little repetitive, especially because they keep switching between fever and chill for background music. But there's not a whole lot to work with with Dr. Mario, so I'm not too upset. Still a better classic mode than Wario's. Not a whole lot left to say about Dr. Mario, but I think that's fine. Last time was a long episode anyway. And it was also about Mario. Next week will be a different series, I promise. If you want to be there for that, then remember to follow the BitCast on Twitter. It's the same name there as it is here, so you should know it when you see it. It's got the same logo and everything, and it links to these episodes every Thursday. Be sure to also subscribe to the BitCast on Podcast One's website and mobile app, and listen to the show on iTunes. And with that, I'll see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on podcastone.com and on the Podcast One app.